0: Hi, this is Josh. This week we talk about Chrome Apps disappearing with the recent Google announcement. We also talk about new account creation policy and procedure. And we talk with special guest Corey and learn about his district and the initiatives he has going on there. Have a listen. Hi, welcome to K12 Tech Talk with Chris and Josh. I'm Josh. I'm Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. And we 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 have a special guest this week as well. Uh Corey, you're on the line with us, aren't you? Yes, I am. All Hello. Right. Corey Corey's another tech director from uh the area that Chris and I are from on the eastern side of the state of Missouri. Um Corey, you want to give us a little bit of information about your district and what your environment's like?
1: Oh, yeah, so I've been in IT, actually K-12 IT for, what year are we in, 2020, so 11 and a half years. Um, I uh, am the IT director for a small district in southeast Missouri, uh, roughly a 1,000 students, so pretty small. Um, But, uh, you know, we're we're a lot like all the other school districts, uh, Windows devices for teachers, Chromebooks for
2: students, um, stuff like that. Okay. And Corey Corey took Corey took my place. I used to work where Corey's at now. And then Corey and I worked together for months. So we're like was, we're 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 more than colleagues. Like we're friends.
1: Yes. Uh I would I would think I'm Chris's best friend. I don't know if he would admit that.
0: But he told me I was his best friend last week. So
1: So we have a problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so Corey, what do you what do you see in your environment? What do you see as is, is um I guess one of the big struggles with technology in your district, what do you, um, or a trend that you might see? Um,
1: well, it's different for me. Uh, cause I, I currently am a one man shop and then we have a technology intern through a local college who gets, so of about 20 hours a week. So honestly, you know, it's a lot of, we have a lot on our plate and it's, uh, there's things we'd like to get done that maybe don't get done. Uh, some, uh, you know, some future looking stuff or problem preventing stuff that we just don't get done always that I'd like to get done. And then we focused a lot this year on uh, on user training, um, phishing, stuff like that to really try to educate the users on uh, cybersecurity and things like that.
0: Yeah. So um, it, being a one man shop like that, I imagine it's hard to to take care of preventative maintenance or even uh documentation i know documentation is that 13 letter word that that tech folks really don't like to say um but i imagine being a did one you count that did you count did you count those letters just then or did you know it was 13 letters no i counted that quick in my head as i was talking um, I'm impressed. so i imagine you really struggle prioritizing things and some some stuff that should be getting done isn't getting done in a timely manner right
1: well absolutely and um not only in my one man shop, I also wear a lot of different hats um, so when Chris did this, I followed him up uh, i 'm somewhat in charge of our student information system, um, not the day to day but more of like any technical issues and then uh, uh some core data stuff i helped I help some other some other people in the district do that and so back um, that, that during times uh, certain times of the year that actually causes me to be really busy so it's not even I get I get 24 7 to focus on tech issues quotes you know I'm dealing with other things as well and then you know things get handed on to the tech director like alarms and cameras and you know Mm -hmm. security and stuff like that that you have to either you either knew or you learn when it's handed off to you so
0: yeah and that's you know that's one of the interesting things I think that's kind of It happens frequently in K-12 tech is pretty much anything with a, with a power plug or with a cord gets dumped on it. Um, And and in your case, that's even more difficult because like you said, you're wearing all of those different hats where that core data person that could be for in the spring, right? When you're doing, or in the summer when you're doing your core data uploads, that could be a a week long, do nothing but core data data. You know, it's, it's, that would be difficult being a, being a one man show like that would be difficult.
1: And it can be, um, you know, West County. They, they they do a good job of recognizing that, um, and they try, you know, new projects and stuff like that. They they take all that stuff into consideration. But always, stuff needs to be done. Always, there's sure, always right. there's always new stuff that, no matter how patient your board is or your superintendent is, like, hey, well, it's still, the stuff still has to be done. So,
0: so speaking of new stuff, what what one? Uh, Really cool project or uh, program do you have coming up that that you want to see completed? You know, actually, we've done a decent job this year um, of completing the
1: bigger projects. The one most recently completed, it was before Christmas. uh, We're using Lightspeed Classroom. That allows teachers to remote into Chromebooks, uh, control Chromebooks, uh, push tabs out. They can even turn the internet off to Chromebooks or lock a Chromebook to one window or one tab, I mean one website. Um, And so I think, you know, now we're in, you know, testing mode is going to be coming up. So for the rest of this year, I don't see us, you know, any new big projects coming up. Uh, E-rate, you know, everybody got a little more E-rate money. So we got, you know, maybe some cabling projects coming up, stuff like that.
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned testing. I heard that I was in a meeting this morning and and we're going to do our first practice test next week in one of our buildings. It's just funny how, after Christmas hits and the month of July or month of of January goes, we're in testing mode. That's, that's the big focus now is testing already. And we won't even, I don't think we'll start really testing until after Easter. That's typically when we start.
1: Um, So historically West County is an early tester, uh, especially our elementary, they they take the tact of spread it out over like five weeks, a little testing each day, nothing after lunch. Where the rest of the buildings, and I think a lot of other districts are like, hey, six days, seven days, all day testing, uh, hammered out. Uh, So it's different at each building.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we historically we've taken that same thing where we don't test after lunch. We don't test on Mondays. um, But and that has been before we were one to one in the majority of our buildings. Now that we're one to one, it's really going to be interesting because that was always a scheduling conflict. We always we never had enough devices for all of the rooms to test at once every morning, but now that we do in the majority of those rooms or in the majority of those buildings, it's really going to be interesting to see if that schedule gets shortened up at all. You know, now we'll be testing in all twelve of our third grade rooms at once. You know, that kind of thing. You, be,
2: do you do you guys st- stagger testing between the buildings like Hey, look, it's Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been sitting here drinking my orange soda, waiting on a. You know, I think you.
1: I think you. I think scuba diving.
2: <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm on. I'm on a cell phone in a basement with poor reception. But do you not, guys? Do you guys stagger. Do you guys stagger between buildings. Or yeah. has that changed over time? Where you just all in? And it doesn't matter anymore.
0: No, I, we were worried about it originally with the TSMs, but last year we went pretty hard on the COSs um and we did not have a problem um so we're the way i see it is is we're going to hit it hard everybody as many people as we can at once yeah so
1: when we first got into testing i told them basically because of personnel's resources like hey if you could stagger that would obviously you know i can only be one place at once so if you're you start testing all together the first day and we have issues like you know that's going to be a problem um but I mean, testing actually for several years now has went just fine. So our middle school and high school normally start almost probably the same day. And then elementary follows their own schedule.
2: Yeah. That's, our buildings- still, that's still what we do. We, we say, if you want tech support to be like readily available, like please get with the other buildings to try to schedule that out a little bit.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And I, I can see the rationale behind that. I, we there's three people in my department and four buildings that would be testing at once so you know if something hits the fan that's where we go but you know we try to address you know we try to hang out in the buildings with the most people testing at once but uh, it's worked well for us so far um, so Corey since you're the guest we're gonna make you bring up the next subject uh, we kind of did some prep so you want to take this over yeah, so I think we're going to talk about the uh, Chrome apps or
1: Google's announcement that they're going to kill Chrome apps, um, I believe, by uh, June twenty twenty second or 2022,
0: 2021. 2021. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. Uh, well, 2020, okay, so 2022 is for all <laughs> all customers, including the education upgrade. June 2021 will be... <laughs> Just Chrome, Chrome at G Suite, Chrome Education in general. So gotcha. If, you, if you're buying, uh, it looks like if you're paying for that Chrome Education upgrade, you'll get an extra year out of it. Um, which I don't re- know
1: of anybody that pays for that. I
0: yeah, I haven't come across a district that's paying that. And you know, that's kind of been the fear all all along was Google Google was going to get us in with this free cool ecosystem and then start charging for it. Which I think we're starting to see the hallmarks of that coming. But that that's a whole other topic. Um, well, and, and when the, the announcement first was
1: made, I thought of it more uh, selfishly, you know, on in a immediate like in our building. So we use the Chrome Sign Builder, which is a yeah. Chrome app. Uh, we use that, you know, several places and it's actually become a staple of the public walks in. We have um, entry TVs and it shows a lot of different things and they love it. We've actually we the principals have heard like direct feedback on how much they like that. Well, then they then other people start bringing up. Well, what about the testing apps? And I was like, Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, now that's so big. You you think you have to you know whole wholeheartedly believe that they're going to fix that or Chrome. Google's going to have some sort of answer for the testing companies? But immediately well, it was just like, Oh boy!
0: I read. Yeah i I was completely caught off guard by this. I mean, it's not like Google checked in with me on this one, but um, you know, it it seems weird to me that they're doing this. And I read a – I don't remember if it was on Reddit or if it was in one of the uh, G Suite forums I'm in. I read someone contacted Google about this secure browser apps for spring assessments. And Google's response was, we're already working with the majority of these developers, and we are pushing them towards Android apps for Chrome. So I think what we're going to see is – these secure browsers or these kiosk apps that are living in chrome will be become android apps that'll have to be installed on the
2: chrome devices um that's the way i read that that exchange what that. i read i read some sentence from google and it was like they're they're wanting you know apps to to move over to extensions that they still believe in extensions and and then they said this sentence like and they believe that the web will be good enough like yeah just the the internet in general will fulfill all the problems you know they'll solve everything it's it's really going to be interesting
1: i don't i I mean my my immediate reaction to that is you the key you know the way you can do now is the kiosk apps is you can basically force the student you know they're only in that app like you know it's web-based i feel like the district would have to have some sort of you know, man, similar to like Lightspeed Classroom, I was talking about, oh, there's something in place that would prevent the, you know, Chromebook from opening a different app or kids right. uninstalling extensions, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see that working um, because you guys know that there's a million ways around different filters and opening up other tabs. I mean, this has worked really well so far. All it really is is a, is a secure lockdown browser, which works perfectly. I don't understand why. Uh, I'm sure they have a reason, but uh, it just seems weird that they're wanting to do this
2: well, you know, no, what I would, makes uh, me wonder oh uh, no, go ahead that that's what makes me wonder are they just not going to call it an app like it's still going to open a secure browser, but it's just going to go to a web page and Google's well, just going to rebrand it. It's not going to be an app anymore
0: to me that's kind of that goes along with that comment of pushing the developers to the to Android apps instead because you could do that with an Android app. I don't know. It it just seems weird to me. And 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 realistically, it's not our problem, right? You know, we, we can't we can't change Google's mind at this point, and we're not the developers of, of these kiosk apps. It's gonna be between DRC and these other companies to fight with Google to say, you know, this is what we need to administer these tests. It's on DRC to meet Google's requirements.
1: Well and here's the deal, and I'm sure Google Google's realized this. I mean, a lot more goes into what device a district picks just besides testing, but testing is a major factor. Like if sure. testing gets really bad on Chromebooks, I mean, district administration would start looking really hard at other options where right now they don't look hard at all. Like it's no. it's basically Chromebooks first, second, third option, oh, fourth option, okay, is something else.
0: Yeah. I mean, could you could you imagine ripping out your all of your Chromebooks and going to some sort of Wintel device, you know a, iPads, a man. iPads. Oh, no, no way. <laughs> no way. Although, although I will say I'm I think Apple is starting to come around. They've lowered the price of that, that entry model iPad for schools. I think we're buying them for like two twenty. Um are you buying them, Josh? Well we've had a couple instances where we've had to buy two. Uh, oh, geez, <laughs> I know. But I am by no means converting, Chris, trust me. Um so yeah, but could you imagine com- completely ripping out Chris how many Chromebooks do you guys have? Like 3200. Yeah, see we're we're around there as well. I the, doing the math on that. It it wow. That would be crazy to have to do. I I just don't know. I don't see it happening. But we're gonna start seeing the changes happen quick because let's see the timeline here. March 2020, Chrome will stop accepting new Chrome apps. Um, developers can update existing Chrome apps through June of 2022. So it sounds like if, if uh, developers have apps, they'll be good to go through the end of the support cycle. June of 2020, so this summer, end of support for Chrome apps on Windows, Mac, and Linux which that's kind of interesting because we use the Windows Chrome app to build Chromebook recovery utilities on USB drive. So it oh, sounds right. like I
1: didn't even think about that.
0: So it sounds like you'll have to do that from a Chromebook now after yep. this summer. Um, so December 2020, in support for Chrome apps on Windows. Well, that's just what they're doing. In, oh, okay. Chrome education upgrade will have access in Windows are for Windows platform until December 2020. So um, unless you're paying for Chrome education upgrade, June 2020, you will no longer have Chrome apps on Windows, Mac, or Linux. And then the next big milestone is June of 2021, in support for in a bunch of protocol APIs, as well as in support for Chrome apps on Chrome OS, Customers who have Chrome Enterprise and Chrome Education over it. upgrade <laughs> will have access to <laughs> for 2020, 2022, and then 2022. It's done forever for everybody. Um, this this has disaster written all over it. Um, I don't know. I,
2: I I hadn't even thought about Chrome Sign Builder, and and then I hadn't even thought about the recovery thing for Windows. So what do you do all day yeah. then, Chris? You just depressed me.
0: Yeah. But your your Chrome sign builder, those are running on Chrome boxes and, and Chrome Stick or uh, yeah. Chrome I know, sticks, but you right? use
2: Windows to build that schedule and stuff. Oh crap, you're right. I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that.
0: Yeah,
1: it, but it's yeah, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be rest in peace.
2: Wow. Yeah, something something will have to happen. Or or like Corey's saying, it's the end. Well, it's the I mean,
0: end. <laughs> so, um, well, uh, coronavirus is gonna take us all before then. Oh gosh. But, um, <laughs> so here, here's something we we've played around with AirTame devices. I don't have you got either of you guys played with those at all? I have not. They're nope. they're like a they're like a Chromecast, but they've got enterprise security built into them. Um, but the interesting thing, you can point them to a URL. So we've got a couple spaces where we point them to an auto playing Google slideshow so it more or less does the same thing as sign builder because all we're doing in our sign builders is playing slideshows so we could easily replace our sign builder apps with an air team and a publicly published uh Google slideshow that auto advances uh our our quick way around it
2: I'm just I I I don't want to think that Google's evil, so I'm just going to continue thinking that there's that you guys are wrong, and that this is all going to work out.
1: I mean, sitting here thinking through it, that Google probably thought, "Hey, a whole lot of people aren't using Sign Builder. You know, people are going to get a little upset. It's gone, and then their Chromebook re- recovery utility. They would probably prefer their customers use a Chromebook to build that, sure. anyways. Yeah. You know, because I can't imagine the Chrome apps on anything besides Chrome OS." we to use that much anyways i mean i know in my district they're not used
0: at all no no right but okay the converse of that google has given away these tools for free for how many years now what better way to start making people pay than to threaten removing these tools for people that don't pay
2: I know they came in real cheap. They got the market share. Yeah, and now they're pushing the the upgrade. Well, we've already that seen the originality it. thing that that yes. came out,
0: which I've heard is awful. By the way, oh, um, it's it is not a replacement for whoever. Can someone mute their phone, please? Jeez, this mm, is a professional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I
1: think that was Chris. It's our um, guest.
0: So yeah, we had a we were in the beta for that originality thing and the reviews I've heard of it are are not great that uh it's it's nowhere near what's the big one um
2: Turnitin No no red ink
0: No, we our, our teachers were using Turnitin and they said okay. Turnitin is still head and shoulders better than the Google originality or
2: whatever they're calling you know and and google announced they're raising the regular licensing like eight bucks or whatever yes
0: so now it's over 30 bucks right
2: there yeah it went from like 30 to 38 like the main which i mean 30
1: is the i mean i haven't paid 30 ever but still right it's it's gonna go up eight bucks from what i'm paying now
0: probably yeah so yeah to to be a little bit more detailed about that the google when you buy a Chromebook and you, you buy the Google management license along with that Chromebook to be able to manage it in the admin console, that cost has, I guess MSRP has been 30 bucks for however long. Well, Google announced last week, I got an email from the leader, Chris, I'm sure you got the same email um, that that price is going up eight bucks and Google's rationale has been, was that they were kind enough to extend end of life on a number of Chromebooks by six months to eight months, so they are upping that cost, which okay. I mean, it's eight bucks. It, it's not gonna break the bank, but I think it is gonna be something that we see kind of a, a, a trend that we see from them coming forward or going forward. Um
2: so they're evil.
0: No, they're not evil. They're not evil yet. They they have the potential yeah, yeah, well,
2: what you even what you just said, you said so they went from the six year uh life cycle to eight, right? Yeah. Like, why? Why? So, yeah, that's, so that's if, annoying. If, if if you're, like, the decision maker in your district, you're the superintendent, and for a few more bucks, you think that you can get Chromebooks for two years longer, for eight years, which is a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, Google is evil. They're back.
1: We so thought they were better you, than
2: Microsoft, but they're not.
1: At my district, I've – when Google came out with their AUE policy, which stated, you know, when a Chromebook was – was made, how long they would support it for. They have a website of all the vendors and models. Right. I would use that as hard evidence to my school board. So uh, um, when I would meet with them, tell them, hey, you know, these 30, these 60, these 90 Chromebooks in this cart have to be replaced by this date because Google has announced they will no longer receive updates. Well, then Google started, you know, extending them one year, then another year. And then they came out with the new eight year life cycle. Well, then, you know, some school boards, some superintendents, like Chris said, might really latch onto that. Like, you can't have a Chromebook. You can't have any device for eight years, not, much less a Chromebook.
2: Well, okay,
0: but think about this. Not, not saying that it's possible to use one for eight years, but think about it. What's normally the problem with a desktop lasting eight years? I mean, we've, we've had them last eight years, but typically the disk fails or memory fails, you know, something along those lines. There's no hard disk or spinning disk in these Chromebooks. It's solid state. There's really, as long as they're not uh, beat up, there's really nothing to go wrong as, lo- as long as Google's continuing to issue updates for them.
2: You know, I guess I, know, I, we, I thought we, of
1: it. Oh, go ahead, Chris.
2: We send our Chromebooks home with middle schoolers every day, and they get thrown around left and right. Yeah, they're, they're they make awesome. it, they make it. They make it two to three years. Yeah, I completely agree
0: with that statement.
2: We even though so like people- I don't I don't want Google saying like this Chromebook will last eight years.
0: Yeah, our piece of I give trash, it I give it two. Our piece of trash Lenovo's <laughs> have lasted two years even it was Well, and- <laughs> I actually I thought of it. It
1: hit me different than it hit you guys because I thought it more like you know imagine the first Chromebooks
0: that when did Chromebooks come out? Uh, six years um, ago, well, something like o- that. Officially, I had believe it or not. I had one of the beta Chromebooks that Google sent out to end users. that probably, oh. would've, yeah, would have been in 2008. Um, it was awesome. I got the one of the first Chromebooks ever made. I might still have it down here.
1: So, so let's just say, okay, so that's 12 years. I mean, if you just imagine eight years ago what Chromebook was out, and right. still using it now not even yeah. if it was good i mean it probably came out with 512 megs of ram right and whatever processor was good for battery life at the time you know so just imagine all the chromebook updates that will come out over eight years and those things dog in in eight years
0: yeah but but if they're going to continue to stand by releasing uh, updates for them i have to believe that they're planning on not overtaxing that hardware Really,
1: just Google leaves such a—they leave such a good yeah. ro- uh, road for uh,
2: this not sense. changing so, things.
1: Like,
2: Josh has been a fanboy since that beta book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I he get it. Live, yeah, he doesn't live in reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I don't. You're right. Um, well, real, real quick, Chris, do you want to get into <clears throat> get into the security segment? Um, we have two parts of this. We're kind of up on time. We're at 25 minutes now. Um, what's the time limit? Is there a
1: time limit? Yeah,
0: we try to hit 30 minutes just for our listeners. So Um, we could
1: go like 35.
0: Yeah, we could go over. (laughs) So there's two parts of this question. What's the procedure for creating accounts for new faculty and staff? How are you informed and how do you give the information? Second part is what's the procedure for when faculty and staff leave the district? How are you informed? How quick are accounts disabled? How long do you keep the data?
1: Corey, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So ours is pretty. Um, it's a pretty simple procedure. Um, faculty and staff, I'm obviously notified by either central office or the building administrator. Um, we're small, so a new faculty and staff, you know, isn't isn't that common throughout the school year. And um, they, with, of course, everybody's made to sign a, a technology usage agreement. Students is a little different. Um, We have a a high school teacher and a middle school teacher that have ability to create Active Directory accounts and Google accounts. So actually the student stuff rarely hits my desk. It actually normally ever hits me if one of those teachers is gone and the kid needs an account right away. Uh, And then as far as kids or or staff leaving, it's a central office notifies me after every monthly board meeting if there's been any staff change. And then the secretaries have a uh, we have a Google calendar reminder set up so they know to notify me once a month on a I forget what the date is. I think it's the 15th or something where uh, they send me a drop list and then I disable the students accounts accordingly.
2: Chris, how about you? Yeah, we're similar to that. So new employee central office collects all the paperwork. Uh, they give me a sheet that will tell me, you know, who that person is and what, what kind of position they have. So I know what counts to, to make. Uh, I create the accounts and make contact with that person. Uh, as far as them leaving, that's either like after the uh, board meeting, uh, or if it's, of course, like a immediate thing, you know, they would just contact me. Uh, and then we leave. Uh, we, we, we leave the account around typically for six months to a year to keep the data, and then we get rid of it. And for kids, uh, each building that goes to the building secretary, uh, they let us know that day uh, that we have to make a Google account. At one building, we have a paraprofessional who gets to make the accounts on the fly uh, as they come in. And then student accounts, it's probably, I think it's in my Google counter, like every three months uh, I do a check with, uh, sys to make sure I've turned off student accounts that have left. Okay,
0: so we're a little bit different. Um, I have a PowerShell script that hits our HR system. It downloads um all of the the active employee master files, and then compares it to existing employee accounts in Active Directory and Google. And then if uh, an account needs to created to be created. PowerShell runs a couple commands that creates the account, puts them in the right OU, puts them in the right mail distribution list, puts them in the right security list, um, and we do something similar for students at the beginning of the year. I have a PowerShell script that uh, runs against the CSV file from our sys that creates all of our student accounts. Now throughout the year, um, the student accounts are created by the individuals in the building's Um, primarily librarians at our middle school and high school and puts them in the correct OUs and security groups. (coughs) Um, When someone leaves, the the librarians disable those as well. Um, When a faculty member or staff member leaves, I get notified and we disable those as need be. Um, In Google though with eDiscovery we have been disabling accounts rather than deleting accounts because I'm sure you guys know if you delete an account in gmail it deletes the mail out of eDiscovery as well so that's something to kind of be aware of
1: uh yeah i should have said we don't delete hardly any google accounts ever yeah. Our active directory accounts will normally it's over every summer i'll do a, a purge of if this account hasn't been used in a long time then it's it's normally gone but yeah i don't i actually couldn't tell you the last time i actively deleted a google account for some reason
0: yeah yeah same, that's the same here All right, gentlemen. Well, we are pretty much right at our 30-minute mark. Corey, thank you for joining us this week. You bet. I look forward to being a (laughs) co-host. Well, you haven't been promoted to that yet. Um, All right. Thanks for listening and uh, tune in next week.